Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 302 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and we are here today in Joshua chapter 7. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your Word is alive. It is the words of eternal life. It is alive and it gives life by your Spirit as you show us Christ, as you strengthen our faith, as you draw us to yourself. So, Father, would you do that work, we pray, in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua chapter 7. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not all the people go up? Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men went up from there, from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about thirty-six of the men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can we say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? The Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes, 
and the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clans, and the clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the household that the Lord takes shall come near by man, and he who was taken with the devoted thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah and the clan of the Zarahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zarahites man by man and Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household man by man and Achan the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give praise to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels, then I coveted them and took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel and they laid them down before the Lord and Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold and his sons and daughters and his oxen and donkey and sheep and his tent and all that he had and they brought them in, up to the valley of Achor and Joshua said why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned him with fire and stoned him with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor. That's Joshua chapter 7, a sobering, sobering chapter. Sin in the camp opens with the words, the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. Now, it was one man who did it. It was Achan. We're told who he was. But we're also told that the people of Israel broke faith and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. And they went into battle and they suffered defeat. 3,000 men were defeated by Ai. 36 of them were killed. They fled in fear. The, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. There is, among God's people, a collective responsibility because we are in covenant together. So in covenant together, we are responsible. We are accountable before the Lord. And yet, in the end, Achan himself was singled out and punished because it was his sin. It was his sin that he was responsible for, and so he took the punishment, he and his household, because again, in the covenant, God deals with households 
very often. This is one example of the downside of that, that God deals with this household because the household would have had intimate knowledge. They would have known exactly what he took. They would have known where he buried it. None of them went out and told. So, so there's this idea. Some people resist the idea of a corporate confession of sin. So some people don't like the idea that, you know, if God's people have been guilty of a sin, even in the past, that we would offer a corporate confession of that sin, uh, that we as together would say we have sinned. But, you know, there's, there's examples of corporate confession of sin from Nehemiah, from Daniel, in the Psalms. That's, that's not something that's unbiblical or a recent innovation. It's, it's right and proper. And yet it's also right and proper to say, the soul that sins shall surely die, as scripture says, that there is an individual responsibility. So there's an individual responsibility, but there's also a covenantal solidarity. So that's, that's the way that God works. He works with individuals, but he also works with his people together. And there are patterns of sin. So for example, if we know in Nazi Germany, there were many churches that turned a, a blind eye and a deaf ear to the Holocaust that was happening all around them. They didn't want to know. They had questions, they had suspicions, they thought maybe, but they didn't really ask too much, right? Because they didn't really want to know. They were responsible because they didn't stand up, they didn't speak the truth. Now some did, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and others took action and tried to speak the truth and tried to stop the slaughter of the innocent uh, at the concentration camps. But for the most part, your average German Christian just said, ah, you know, it's not my, it's not my deal. It's not my responsibility. But there really was a responsibility that they had. Um, in the past in America, when slavery was happening or in the era of Jim Crow or, or legalized discrimination, segregation, there were many, many churches that either actively cooperated with the discrimination or who just sat by silently and didn't say anything about it. And that's wrong, right? And in the world today, if there's sin from professing Christians like prosperity gospel preachers who who extort money from people and who sell people to false, it's the responsibility of us in the Christian community to say that's wrong. This is why it's wrong. Please don't listen to them. They're twisting scripture because we are Christian people and so many times Christians get a bad name because of something that some people do. And we need to see, you know what? We do need to take that, that seriously. Now, I've also thought about Achan himself. Anytime I read this story, I thought about the fact that he waited. You know, he waited until Joshua singled him out and questioned him personally. Everybody knew what the procedure was. All 12 tribes were going to go, and then one of them was going to be picked, and then, you know, within those, the clans within those tribes, and then the households within those clans. He knew. He knew from the very beginning it was him. He could have at any time said, Joshua, I'm guilty. I've got the stuff. Let me bring it to you. I'm, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. He could have said that. He could have said that even when they were first turned back in battle and the 36 men fled. He had to know that that was likely because he openly violated God's law. But you see, one thing about human beings, when we sin, we want to cover up that sin. We want to think we can get away with that, with that sin. We want to think that no one will know. But obviously the Lord knows. 
I mean, if we believe in God, if we're not atheists, then the Lord knows. And confession needs to be made. And if there's a call for a public confession, like who has the devoted things, confess it, then confession needs to be made. If you've wronged someone, if you've been responsible for, for betraying a trust or or robbing from someone or slandering someone or backbiting someone or gossiping about someone, you need to come clean and confess it. Say, look, I did this wrong and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Now, Achan, he did confess, but he only confessed when he basically had no more wiggle room left. He wiggled, you know, he probably hid behind the other guys as they were sorting him out. Oh, don't let them see me. Only when he was called out and charged by Joshua, give glory to the Lord God of Israel. Give praise to him. Tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. Then and only then did he say, truly, I've sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I did. Was he sorry that he had done it? Or was he just sorry that he got caught? I think it's pretty obvious that he was just sorry that he got caught. And so the consequence, it's the death penalty and the burning of everything and everyone in his household. And that may seem severe, but this man had been responsible for the death of 36 innocent men. He had betrayed the Lord. He had betrayed his trust with his, with his clan, with his tribe, with his people. Sin has consequences. You've probably heard this before, but this is another reminder of this truth that we need to always keep in mind. Sin is not your friend. Satan does not love you. Sin will always take you farther than you ever wanted to go. It will always keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. And it will always cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. That's the nature of sin. It comes with consequences and we don't get to control the consequences. It'll take you farther than you wanted to go. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. It'll cost you more than you were willing to pay. So let Acor be a warning to all of us to turn to the Lord at the first moment when we feel our hearts being tempted. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And if you've entered into temptation, confess sin quickly so that you might escape. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Through your son, Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of our sin. Though we deserve to die, Christ has died in our place. Though we deserve to be condemned, Jesus Christ was condemned on the cross that we might be justified forever. Thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Give us an awareness of when we are entering into temptation that we might watch and pray and not enter into, but be kept by your Spirit from those things that are too strong for us. And if we are caught up in a temptation or a sin, let us come clean and confess that you might be glorified and we might be freed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's Joshua chapter 7. Tomorrow, we'll move right on to Joshua chapter 8. Have a blessed day in the Lord.